0: Hey, where's the freaking goggle <laughs> Yeah, man, I don't know. I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm quite, quite ready for your banter yet. <laughs> it was just such a sudden change from you like admonishing me to then being like, "Hey, man, it's yep. just two buddies just having a good just having a good time yep. talking Make better choices." The way that we the way that we do. Yeah. All
1: right. Dude, that so that Amaral's Caserla? It was very, very good. Yeah, I'm sure. It was very good.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it was
1: really good. With a little peri-peri on it, and then some cheddar cheese. Oh. Mm-hmm. Epa.
0: Yeah. Real good stuff.
1: Go. All right. All right, so what's going on?
0: Uh, Not much. What's up with you?
1: Same old. Yeah? Um, Cat is... I th- This kitty, I literally just got home. Um, so he is... He's probably going to join us at times, with his own little
0: quips. Well, that sounds good.
1: Yep. Uh, are your are your neighbors still still talking
0: outside? No. They were they were like throwing stuff out the window onto the ground and. <laughs> what? Yeah, I think there's like some sort of like a home renovation in progress. And oh, uh, okay. Oh, so it's not like an argument. Situation. No, 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 no. And then that somebody was like, "Hey, you still doing the thing?" And the guy was like, "Yeah, still doing it." and that's pretty much it. Yep. Um so yeah, we're we're good to go.
1: Welcome everybody to another riveting episode of the Left on Right podcast.
0: Yeah, I hope it's riveting because I got to tell you, I- I'm feeling like we're off to a pretty uh, uninspiring start here. So <laughs> let's uh, let's 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 see what you've got for us.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. So for today's episode, um, I decided to take a break from uh, my ongoing history of the kings of Britain series. Um, for really just mainly because I'm getting sick of reading that book.
0: Sure, I don't (laughs) blame you.
1: Yeah, so uh, for this episode, uh, we are traveling to Peru, and uh, we'll be talking about the uh, 2021 election that's going on right now, uh, where they've already had one round of voting, and there will be another one in a few weeks. And then we're going to um, take a step back and look at kind of what got the country there in the first place and how much of it, you know, the United States played a part in. Mm. Uh, so before all that though uh do we have an advertisement for tonight uh
0: yeah we do um so tonight it's kind of cool i'm excited we've got our first listener sponsored episode um which i think is really exciting um we received an offer um from listener bill m from ypsilanti michigan to fund our research entirely for the week uh if we were willing to broadcast a message that he wrote um Unabridged and in its entirety, which is not something that we've done before. But um, he made us a really nice offer. So, as I'm sure you guys have gathered, that the show takes an absolutely immense amount of time and brain power to create, uh, which leads to us having a, a pretty sizable weekly seltzer bill. Um, so, we graciously accepted uh, his monetary remuneration in exchange for reading this this letter. His one condition um, in his email was that we have to read the message in its entirety, um, and we can't. Have, I wasn't allowed to read the message ahead of time because he was worried that I wouldn't read it. Um, okay. Sounds and so promising. Yeah, a breach of any of these things would mean that we don't get any of our, our money. And if we don't broadcast it in full, like if I edit it, then we also don't get any money. So whatever, that seems fair enough. I can't imagine that he's got anything lined up that would be, you know. <laughs> too offensive I can't I uh, yeah I could not imagine that could yeah possibly and, and if it's if it's bad enough I guess we'll just say no to the money but I'd really like the money so okay all right so here it goes it's from Bill M from Ypsilanti, Michigan first of all Evan and cam I love the show we'll have to a good start uh, Great. thanks bill which is why I hate to have to broadcast this message through you guys but you were the only show small and desperate enough to be willing to follow through with it not sure if we're desperate, but hmm. okay, Bill. Jesse, baby, if you're listening, I'm having the boys read this message to say I'm sorry for all of it. <laughs> I never should have did what I did, and I just want you to know that if I could take it all back, I would in a heartbeat. Now, this seems like well-intentioned enough. Um, firstly, I'd just like to say that I did not know you didn't like role play in the bedroom. <laughs> Uh, I know you say I never listen, but I honestly feel like I would have remembered if you'd said that before. Okay. Uh, Like, really, how was I supposed to know I wasn't supposed to wear your dad's old firefighter clothes? (laughs) They're just sitting up in that dusty box upstairs, and it never even occurred to me that you'd be that upset. (laughs) I mean, I know, it, oh geez, I know it hasn't been that long since he passed, but if anything, I thought you'd appreciate his gear getting some use. And frankly, I think the idea of climbing in the upstairs window at night <laughs> and hammering the door down with the ax was a really creative touch. Frankly, I'm surprised you didn't realize it was me sooner. I mean, the face mask isn't that hard to see through. Man, I really hope this ends well, because uh, we need that seltzer money. Um, And lastly, it's not like I intentionally pretended to be him or anything. All I said was, sweetie, it's me. I've missed you so much, which was true by the way. And you assumed that I was his ghost. I didn't even make you call me his name. I just nicely asked the one time. Jesus Christ, dude. (laughs) Anyway, I hope you can forgive me and that someday soon you will take me back. I think this is worth discussing and I don't think you should throw the uniform out. Honestly, your dad is a hero for saving those people. And once we get the smell of smoke out, I think it would be nice to have as a memento. Love you, baby. Yours always, Billy.
1: Thanks, Bill. All right.
0: So uh, I guess. Well,
1: well, they sound like big fans. You know,
0: uh, you know
1: that we're on name status of the boys to them.
0: Yeah, I. I don't know. I'm gonna have to do some thinking about this one. I don't know if. I don't, I don't know if it's right to.
1: It. Well, listen. I just bought two six-packs of that nice Portuguese mineral water.
0: Well, that's the problem, man. You're out here buying six-packs. You're spending your money unwisely.
1: They only sell them at six-packs. Well, then and maybe you should think about buying something I need different. I the Portuguese mineral water.
0: I can't imagine Portuguese no. minerals make that much of a difference. What, do they make your mustache growing stronger and nothing else? I mean, if they are, it's working, right? Yeah. Anyway, uh, we'll we'll talk after the after the recording about whether or not we're going to air this. But um, I, for what it's worth, I hope that uh, I hope that they figure it out because that seems yeah, I hope like
1: everything works out, Bill.
0: Yeah, that seems like a pretty a pretty uh, serious <laughs> breach of trust. So,
1: listen, I think I think he was in the right. Anyway, so moving on to the actual uh, topic at hand. Yeah. So as I said in the intro, um, we'll be talking today about Alberto Fujimori and uh, his daughter, Keiko Fujimori, who is ranging against Pedro Castillo in Peru.
0: Mm. Um,
1: but first, I just want to give a little bit of background, uh, really exactly as to why I'm talking about this right now. So, I'm planning on starting uh, a very long series, and not contiguous, but there'll be a lot of episodes involved in it, which is going to be about the United States' global involvement after World War II, excuse me, (laughs) mainly in the period from 1945 to 1990. So, people generally think of this period as the Cold War, but I find that name far too cute and not actually descriptive of what went on. So, while the conflict itself mainly avoided the United States and the Soviet Union— The war was not cold in countries throughout the the Global South, mainly in Latin America and Southeast Asia. I think it's far more apt to think of this as World War III, with millions globally dying as America attempted not to fight against communism, but rather for neocolonialism, as America exported slave labor to anti-democratic military and fascist dictatorships in the Global South so they could retain hegemony over the natural resources of the post-colonial world. Communism itself was never the threat, and some Soviet designs on world domination were both utterly unfounded and contrived. The CIA was aware by at least the mid-70s that the Soviet Union was already collapsing. And Joseph Stalin's socialism in one country ideology and appeasement stance to the United States post-World War II made the Soviets' desires patently obvious. The problem with communism was that it was an avenue for countries once dominated by Western European empires to take control over their destinies and the real cardinal sin, at least in Washington's eyes, take control over their natural resources and use these for the benefit of their own people. It was Washington, not Moscow, that was hell-bent on world domination. And Washington was willing to use all manner of subterfuge, regime change, assassination, sabotage, and outright mass murder on a genocidal level to achieve its goals. So I will begin this series with two South American countries and their modern politics today before I double back to the beginning. I'm starting at the epilogue to show you that this war did not end in 1990. The events of the American century have directly shaped the world we live in today, and the peoples of the countries most affected are still under the repressive thumb of this American order that was created. So first up is Peru, and let's start here in 2021 with our presidential elections. Okay. (laughs) So the 2021 Peruvian election will see a runoff vote on June 6th between two candidates on either end of the spectrum. Kaiko Fujimori, the former first lady of Peru... Former congresswoman representing Lima and the daughter of former president Alberto Fujimori, for whom she served as first lady after her mother, Susan Hoguchi, who was stripped of the title for speaking out against her husband as a tyrant in nineteen ninety four.
0: That's a great start.
1: Yeah. (laughs) If if your
0: own wife is like, you know what, honestly, man, I can't stand this any longer. I got I gotta tell him, you're not a nice guy. Yeah. And then then for the daughter to turn around and be like, All (laughs) right, get the fuck out of here, Mom. Yeah. Yeah. So, Do you
1: think she uh, took Ka- on
0: all of the First Lady's duties? I t- sincerely hope not, and I
1: also am not going to try to even, even entertain that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so so Kaiko leads her own party, which is called the Fuerza Popular, and she uh, and it unsuccessfully ran her at the top of the ticket for president in both 2011 and 2016. The party runs as a Fujimorist and neoliberal party based on the cult of personality surrounding former president, her father, Alberto Fujimori and that will see her go up against pedro castillo who is a school teacher and union leader born to illiterate peasants from cajamarca one of the poorest regions of peru and who spent his youth defending against the maoist revolutionaries shining path so uh, maoist is um in case you are unaware um mao zedong was the paramount leader and chairman of the People's Republic of China, and he considered himself and in his interpretation of Marxism Leninism to be the true successor to uh, Stalin, as opposed to somebody we talked about recently, Nikita Khrushchev, uh, who led the Soviet Union. Maoism would be really hugely popular with a lot of uh, communist insurgent groups in other countries, <clears throat> and Peru had their own called the Shining Path so castillo came to prominence as a teachers union leader during the 2017 strike that was a part
0: of the political crisis in the country fucking teachers man (laughs) it's like you know i feel like teachers have had it too good for too long and they're they really just need to understand like no one fucking cares what you guys think anybody could do it anyone can do it honestly i feel like i teach people shit all the time You know, like I was teaching you earlier, all like like before this, I was teaching you like how to act and just like be a normal dude. And I feel like that's working out pretty well. You were pretty receptive to that today. Yep. Your lessons, Evan's lessons have been coming along really great, folks. Pretty soon we'll have him using a fork and a knife when he eats. Yeah, don't, don't bet on that. (laughs) 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 So,
1: So anyway uh castillo is at the top of the ticket for the peru libre party a socialist party on the country's left wing that means free peru yep yeah, yep yeah, that means free peru yeah yeah um and fuerza popular means popular force popular force yes <laughs> um so of course uh being that this is not the united states a socialist party is simply considered left wing and not far left um where you know here in the united states even mild social democracy which is just capitalism with a heavy welfare
0: state even that's considered far left. Yeah, man, that's, like, this country is, has moved so far to the right in recent years that the public discourse about even, like, the simplest amount of, like, publicly funded aid for American yeah. citizens is just, like, lambasted into the ground as, like, complete, total col- communists, like... I, I mean, like even, like, Bernie Sanders, which he's definitely
1: a socialist... But like all of his policies are just mild social democracy. Yeah, he's... like those are still capitalist policies, and really, at the end of the day, those policies do nothing if not protect capitalism right. from its most like dest- self-destructive uh, tendencies. But even like saying that things that like public to tu- like public college should be tuition free is considered to be like far left in this country. When right, that's like. Even the fact that we have to argue for that is like insane
0: for yeah in you know, most other in most developed countries of the world, these things are sort of foregone conclusions, and yeah. we're over here still just debating like whether or not we've got like a gun problem and you know yeah. we can't even move on to like social betterment because we're too busy just scrabbling for our our things,
1: yeah but so, so, again, so socialism for most of the rest of the world, that's just considered left-wing. That's not, like, far left. Right. Far left would be, you know, like communist insurgents, like Shining Path. Like, um, you know, forced possession takeover or property takeover for the working class. So, Castillo, while himself is a socialist, he's actually kind of funny uh, because he does have largely socially conservative views, uh, so it's really uh, economically
0: he's left wing, but um, he's conservative. Yeah. Other than that, is Peru you know, opposed... like a, a heavily Catholic country? I mean, my guess would be mainly yes. Catholic. I yes, feel like lots of Latin Catholic. America falls yeah. under that purview, and that might that might have some sway over his uh, yeah his ideological beliefs. Because I mean, a lot of like economically and socially like socialist policies are sort of in keeping with mm-hmm. like traditional Christian tenets, you know, like, yeah, helping each other out and loving thy neighbor. But then yeah. you enter into certain other territory where they're like, ah, but I don't love every neighbor. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It, it, you know, and I believe there is some Protestantism, but it is uh, more Catholic. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, he does have some socially conservative views. For instance, he opposes same sex marriage. He also oppor- uh, opposes um, legalization of abortion. So his socialist view, uh, values extend to government programs and foreign policy. Uh, he supports nationalizing key industries like mining, oil, and gas. And uh, although his economic policy is what's called market socialism, uh, which means that there is room for private industry. Um, you know, you can have things like the profit motive. Um, you know, it's uh, it's not you know planned economy. So planned economy would be onto the farther side of socialism than you know communism. Right. Um, so uh, Castillo also claims he would expel the largest drug cartel on earth, the United States DEA, from the country. So.
0: Sounds about right. I, I mean, yeah. you can't really argue with that. Yeah, I I, mean, they I, are. I, I think that uh, by now, hopefully most people don't have any illusions that the DEA is like some benevolent yeah. organization designed to protect the masses from the evils of yeah. drug abuse.
1: Yeah, they, they've got the drug dealers that they like, and yeah. those drug dealers stay in power because they help the United States get the other drug dealers that they don't like, that won't play ball. Right, right. <laughs> They're very good at playing both sides against each other, absolutely, so that they always
0: come out on top. <laughs> yeah, no, the U.S. loves loves when drug dealers are willing to play ball with us. Yeah, I mean, like, why absolutely. do you think? Why do you think we invaded Afghanistan? Yeah, there's nothing yeah. there. The biggest heroin <laughs> pushers on earth. Not all they've got. Is fucking poppies, man. Like, yeah. yeah,
1: exactly. That's it. There's, there's two things <laughs> Afghanistan has: a border with Iran and poppy fields. That's literally it. And, <laughs> and I mean that border is nice, deposits. but that
0: border yeah. doesn't make any money. So, yeah. Anyway,
1: <laughs> you guess guess who else borders Iran? Iraq. Mm-hmm interesting uh, yeah, but... anyway <laughs> so uh so the first round of the election was held on the 11th of April and it saw Pedro Castillo come out come out of nowhere to finish first with nearly 20% of the vote in a crowded field um you know so I was kind of following this at the time and Pedro like he literally came out of fucking nowhere like he was barely polling uh in the single digits just like two weeks before the election it shocked everybody that that he came out on top in the first round and who came out second but uh Keiko Fujimori and uh, rounding out the top five were Rafael López Aliaga, Hernando de Soto, and Johnny Lescaño, uh all three representing liberal parties, um, both on the center-right and right of the
0: political spectrum. That's so funny. Just the name Hernando de Soto, which is like yeah. the famous conquistador. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's all.
1: Oh, there, there, there are some awesome names in this story. Um, but so here, when I say um, they're liberal parties, I'm using this uh, in the sense of like, the term liberal democracy, not in terms of the American usage, which broadly describes the Democratic Party. Uh, Economic liberalism is kind of like a right ideology.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So, you know, both the Democratic and Republican parties in the U.S. are liberal parties, uh, with the Democrats generally representing the center to the center right on the spectrum and Republicans being right to far right. I know, yeah, there are some social Democrats and nominal socialists in the party, but, you know, by and large, they're mainly center center right. Yeah, Um, yeah. Now, due to this uh, result, Pedro Castillo and Keiko Fujimori will be going head to head in a runoff election. So let's go back um, to where Keiko comes from. So she is the daughter of Alberto Fujimori who is the son of Japanese immigrants to the uh, Latin American nation. So there's a sizable population of Peruvians of Japanese descent as it was the first Latin American country to establish um, diplomatic relations with Japan in 1873, and it was subsequently the first Latin American nation to accept Japanese immigrants. Over 1% of the population of Peru is Japanese.
0: Um, so Really quick, just to dive in, uh, if you guys are trying to look up Alberto Fujimori. Uh, It's the Japanese name Fujimori, but obviously because he is Latin American culturally, they pronounce it Fujimori. Also, the history of Japanese immigrants to South America in general is really, really interesting, and you guys should absolutely look more into that because there are tons and tons and tons of cool examples. I mean, everything from politics to like Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and you know mm-hmm. everything in between there's like a huge yeah, yeah cultural a influx huge... of um japanese immigrants to greater south america and there's a lot of cool history there i mean i'm sure we'll touch on it again at some yeah. point but
1: yeah there's like really cool there's like parts of like sao paulo and brazil that are like heavily japanese influenced and like so they're like really like big baseball neighborhoods and stuff like that which you know you don't really have baseball anywhere else yeah in brazil for the most part so yeah it's very cool but um So Alberto was born in 1938 in Lima to Mutsue and Neoichi Fujimori, who were natives uh, from Kumamoto on the island of Kyushu. They moved to Peru in 1934. Now, there was apparently some birtherism controversy in the 90s about Alberto possibly having been born in Japan, uh, but this seems to be mostly unsubstantiated. I want to see his
0: birth certificate.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I want proof. Yeah. Uh, So Peruvian presidents, like in the U.S., Must be born in the country that Mm -hmm. they serve. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Alberto was married to another Japanese Peruvian, Susana Iguchi. Uh, While his parents were Buddhist, Alberto himself was raised Roman Catholic, and he's fluent in both Spanish and Japanese.
0: That's crazy. So his parents were just like, no, man, you, you're going to be a Catholic. Or did he like... did he take like that he, upon himself or like? Did no, he, no,
1: he was raised. They raised him from an infant, from infancy. Like just so you know, he They, fit they in? gave him, they gave him the Hispanic name too, Alberto. Wow. You know, <clears throat> but, um, uh, so he received a degree in agronomic engineering, uh, from the National Agrarian University in Lima and then studied abroad for grad school first at the University of Wisconsin and then at the University of Strasbourg in France.
0: Damn, he was a badger. Uh, isn't that, is that what it is? The Badgers? I think so, right? Yeah. University of Wisconsin? The Badgers? Badgers?
1: Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. but uh, So in the late 80s, Fujimori, uh, sorry, Fujimori hosted a television show named uh, Concertando, which examined environmental and agrarian issues. Mm. So he ran for president in the 1990 election as the head of his own party, Cambion 90, uh, using grassroots support and populist rhetoric. The outgoing president, Alan Garcia, was unpopular, and the major opponent for Alberto was the conservative novelist Mario Vargas Llosa, uh, Fuji- Fujimori, who was called El Chino during the election, which part of my language essentially means the Chinaman, <laughs> although it was used both derogatorily and affectionately. Yeah, like at the same time. Yeah. Uh, He won the election with 56.6% of the vote, and while he campaigned criticizing Yosa's proposal for economic shock doctrine, he would go on to be more conservative than even his opponent.
0: Yeah, it's almost like he was uh, saying what he needed to say to get in, and then... Oh, well, also, (laughs) certain people that he met with told him what he needed to do. Absolutely. I love the trend of TV actors getting (laughs) elected to, to high office... And then finding out that they have some degree of ability to perform and uh, manipulate an audience into getting what they want. And then everybody's like, what? Like, I I never would have seen this coming. How did he dupe us all? That's his whole gig, man. (laughs) Yeah. Well,
1: he met with certain people that were like, no, this is what the fuck you're going to do. Just say this. Oh, guess who was George H.W. Bush? (laughs) 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 Who made a big career out of doing that. Fuck Um, yeah. And if you didn't, he would just, you know, fucking kill you. Um, But, so, in case you don't know one of those terms I just said, it's economic shock doctrine. Um, So, just very briefly, uh, the major type of economic policy and the post-World War II order uh, up until, like, the late 70s in the United States, although there were test runs elsewhere, like Augusto Pinochet, but it was called Keynesian economics. And... Uh, some perverts from the University of Chicago came up with this idea, like, what if we just deregulate everything? Mm -hmm. Um, And more or less, that became neoliberalism. And one of the ways that this would often be instituted, including to great devastation in the countries of the former Soviet Union, is called shock doctrine, where you just pull the rug out and just, like, deregulate like crazy. And you basically just shock the system with, like, free market economics.
0: Right. And that totally doesn't lead to just, like psychotic oligarchs opportunistically yeah. dominating yeah. the economy and seizing huge amounts of power for themselves. That, yeah. that doesn't happen. Don't worry. Yeah. I mean, so for instance, and I will be talking about him in a future
1: episode, this is what the United States did when they couped Salvador Allende mm-hmm. in Chile and they instituted his like former general, Augusto Pinochet, and they instituted shock doctrine where they just got rid of all of the democratic socialism Allende was doing. And just shocked the fucking shit out of the system. Um, they also did this in the Soviet Union, which saw uh, the greatest, um, like, one of the greatest uh, uh, drops in average life expectancy in, like, the modern world. That rocks, dude. Yeah. Just so you can get that. Are you guys shocked? that cheddar, dude. <laughs> shocked you. Um, gotcha. <laughs> yep. Yep. So once in office, Fuhimori immediately instituted neoliberal economic shock, and he, this was affectionately, I guess, known as
0: Fuhi Shock. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's like a Fuji shock. That's like his like middle tier evolution. So yeah. you you choose Fuhimori as your starting Pokemon. He, yeah. uh, he becomes Fuhi He evolves into Fuhi Shock, <laughs> and then he becomes yeah. what like Fuhi- what the they call called later. <laughs> that's what they call him later, dude. <laughs> All right, Um, I love it.
1: And he apparently loved that name. Yeah, Um, of course
0: he did. It's clever as hell.
1: Yeah, so he immediately transitioned to austerity measures even more brutal than those he had earlier argued argued against, and the price of goods in the country skyrocketed. Gasoline, for instance, was raised by over (laughs) 3,000%. So inflation was completely wiped out, but immediate layoffs in companies and hardships on the poor followed. Um, So during his first two years in office, Fuyamori did have difficulty passing a lot of his reforms because of Congress's hindrance. Fuyamori had been told by the U.S. that in order for Peru to receive aid from the U.S. and to re-enter the international financial community, they must adopt, quote, relatively orthodox economic strategy. So you're talking about
0: U.S. Congress was hindering them, right?
1: What's that? His Congress was, but the U.S. State Department and the CIA were like, hey, man, we'll help you. But you have to institute, quote-unquote, relatively orth- orthodox economic strategy, which just means suck our fucking dick.
0: Yeah, do do, do whatever what you what want. we want.
1: Our companies, our foreign capital can come in there, and we will raid that entire fucking country for every cent it's got, but we'll give you a little bit of aid and some weapons so that you can hold on to power. Right. And that's what the U.S. means when they say do that.
0: Yeah, which is also, like, a, a, a baller move, and it's it's seemed to have worked for us many, many times.
1: It, Gado's world hegemony.
0: Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Which
1: is the thing that we had always, um, you know, suggested that the Soviets were trying to do, and that's why we need to
0: stop them. Yeah, nah, that shit was us, man. That was all projection, dude. It's 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 time and time again we have just done the same thing over and over again. It it, it just yeah. always works, and yeah. then like the couple times where it falls through, people are like, "How could we have seen this coming?" Like yeah. with Iraq, like
1: <laughs> you know. Well, I mean,
0: I I would argue that
1: the point of Iraq was. Not to win. It was just to spend a bunch of taxpayer money.
0: Oh, but on, I, mean, I mean like when it came to propping up bin Laden. Oh. Uh, I was about to say propping up bin Laden because I'm just a fucking <laughs> idiot. When it came yeah. to propping up Saddam Hussein. Yeah. You know what I mean? And giving him a bunch of yeah, yeah. support. Yeah, he, he was a boy. Yeah, we yeah. loved that dude. That dude fucking rocked. Yeah. He was like, I'll yeah. literally go to war with Iran tomorrow if you guys give me a bunch yeah. of guns. And we are like, and sounds was, like a fucking bargain. Like, absolutely. he was really
1: good at killing communists.
0: and Super good at it. The
1: U.S. loves that shit. He was good at
0: killing everybody. Yeah. And that's the thing. I don't want to give the wrong idea here. He was an objectively dog shit human being. Yeah, we just really liked him for a really long time. Yeah.
1: he was, Yeah, we lo- and then finally we were like All right now it actually makes sense
0: so. same with like the Taliban like we were super yeah. pro-Taliban. Have you ever seen is it Rambo 3? Where I'm John from- Rambo goes to Afghanistan and like helps the Taliban fucking Mujahideen. Oh, it's so good. He goes and he literally joins the Taliban and helps them fight the Soviets <laughs> That's and, awesome. you know, they're like, yes, they're like the heroes of the movie, the, the Mujahideen yeah, He's
1: fighting. He's fighting Spetsnaz. <laughs> yeah.
0: And he, he blows up a helicopter with a bow and arrow. It rocks. Yeah. But um, it's just so funny, like the way that the cultural narrative shifts as soon as like some yeah. some power that we've propped up stops playing ball and is like, then all of a sudden we like flip a switch and it's like, wow, they're really terrible. Look at all these human rights yeah. abuses. Like, we don't give a fuck about human we rights. We did it, it like,
1: constantly with Gaddafi, too. It yeah. was like, first, Gaddafi's the worst thing on Earth. Then, Gaddafi's the greatest thing on Earth. And then, yeah. uh, Gaddafi's the worst thing on Earth again. Yeah. And the whole time, he's just kind of, like, doing his own thing. He's doing the same thing. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Like, anyway. So, um, uh, so, uh, at this point, the, uh, Partido Prista Peruano, a socialist party, and the Frente Democrático, a liberal party, were both in control of Congress, and they tended to resist Fujimori's reforms. They were especially against the austerity measures that Fuhimori tried to get passed, And so, on Sunday, the 5th of April, 1992, Fuhimori began an autogolpe, or a self-coup. So as president, Fuhimori just dissolved Congress and used the military to help take control of the country in order to rewrite the Constitution and reorganize the judicial branch. Which is so it was like, well, I'm at the top of government and you guys aren't doing what I want, so I'm just getting rid of you.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, <clears throat> we had uh, a little brush with that ourselves this year.
1: Nah, no, no.
0: I don't, I don't <laughs> think it was. It was. I'm not saying it was like you know as effective, and I definitely don't I mean, want to blow yeah. it out of proportion. But I think given the opportunity, somebody somebody yeah. might have taken that. Although chance. I don't
1: think I don't think that was in any way, shape, or form in any danger of anything happening. No, there. no, no,
0: no. <laughs> I agree with you. I, I think that it's the response to it has been way blown out of proportion. But anyway, spectacle. Yeah. Anyway, um,
1: so uh, uh so former president and current senator Alan Garcia was nearly arrested in the coup but he invaded capture and fled to colombia so after Fujimori dissolved congress and assumed their powers the congress quickly acted to remove him from power and bring his vice president maximo san roman to power uh but neither the people nor the military supported this move so he never gained de facto power uh in fact Fujimori was extremely popular at the time and his approval rating was over 80 percent after the coup wow yeah Uh, So, Peru was in dire straits at the time, and the belief was that there was nowhere to go but up for the country. While initially the global community rejected this maneuver, uh, the U.S. was concerned about the Shining Path guerrilla still operating in Peru. So, while they considered the coup drastic, they officially recognized Fujimori as president still with the Organization of American States.
0: Um, I just wanted to, to ask, like, what? so you keep mentioning the Shining Path, and I mm-hmm. have, like, a, a, a basic understanding of what they were, but can you just, like, give a super quick rundown of, of what the Shining Path were?
1: Yeah, so they, uh, they were this Maoist uh, communist group uh, that was operating in the hills, and there were certain parts of Peru that, you know, throughout this time that they were gaining, like, legitimate control of. Um, so they were a far-left communist uh, organization, and they were militarized, so they were, like, actually conquering part. But one of the things that you'll notice in Latin and Central America, a lot of times these armed communist groups have the support of especially indigenous people, people in the countryside, people in the hills. Um, but they they were uh, they were an organization that was led by this dude, Abameel Guzman, who was um, particularly... Uh, uh, charismatic, including, uh, you know, Mao Zedong had uh, this kind of thing where, uh, you know, where it was called um, Zedong Thought, like, you know, his various personal philosophies. There was Guzman Thought with The uh, the Shining Path. So so there was some cult of personality about their leader, but they're basically just like a militarized uh, Maoist insurgency. Gotcha. Yep. And the U.S. doesn't like that. <clears throat> U.S. fucking hates that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're the Khmer Rouge and then, you know, you support them and bankroll yeah. them.
0: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, the, the Khmer that's, we'll have to do an episode on the Khmer Rouge. Yeah. Um, sure, sure. But yeah, I mean, after it, like, after everything that went down in Cuba in the 60s, late 50s and early 60s, I'm sure the U.S. was like, we will never let a grassroots communist insurgency succeed again.
1: Especially when they were our vassal state.
0: Yeah, when they're, like, right <laughs> in our, our, our quote-unquote backyard. Yeah. And when, you know, we
1: and the mafia in the country run all that shit. We own them. So anyway... um, so, Fujimori was uh, officially recognized uh, by the Organization of American States. Now, if you don't know what the OAS is, it's essentially an arm of the U.S. State, State Department that was created in 1948, ostensibly to promote cooperation in the Western Hemisphere, but really it was created as a means for the U.S. to stave off communism in the West. You may be surprised to learn that the only American country not in the OAS is Cuba. So every other Western (laughs) Hemisphere country is in it. Uh, This organization will continuously pop up from time to time throughout the series. And even now, they quote-unquote monitor elections. Uh, But you may find the results less than satisfying. Oh, I'm sure. When we get into the Bolivia episode, they play a key role in uh, that shit going down.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: So George H.W. Bush, Herbert Walker, old Poppy himself, ever the Cold (laughs) Warrior was more concerned about stopping the shining path and therefore recognized Fujimori because of Fujimori's opposition to the communist rebels. He doesn't care about undemocratic things. No. Just like America doesn't. They're cool with you mass-murdering your people as long as America gets its share, you know, they get their beak
0: sweat. Yeah, as soon as you try to, like, uh, nationalize American companies or just kick us out yeah. of the country because you, you know, think we're corrupt or whatever accurate assumption you make of America. <laughs> um, yeah. That's when all of a sudden your like human rights abuses and things like that yeah. are start getting talked about. As long as you're yeah. towing the line, no one gives a fuck. America does not give a shit how you treat your people. I mean, yeah. we don't like care said, how we fucking treat our own people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Seriously, like I said, like <laughs> the communists, Khmer Rouge, uh,
1: every other communist hated them, and that's what led Vietnam to, you know, uh, uh, depose the Khmer Rouge. Yeah, and then the United States was like, no, no, here's some money. And uh, Margaret Thatcher was like, "No, no, here's some money," and they put them back in power. Yeah, man.
0: <laughs> Our boy Paul. They propped Pot. them right back up. And you know what? You know what? You know what about Paul Pot? Another fucking school teacher. I'm telling you, man. Fucking they can't perverts, be trusted. Dude. Paul Pot. Uh, you know who else? Uh, Benito Mussolini. I'm telling yeah. you, I think I think teachers are the problem. Yeah. I'm gonna come right out and say it, folks. You can quote me on this. I think teachers are the root of all evil. T- teachers are perverts. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Teaching is
1: a pervert profession. Stanky
0: perverts, and I don't, I don't, I don't like them. They make me uncomfortable. Yep.
1: So anyway, uh, all of this uh, poppy support uh, paid off uh, when Abel, uh, Abel Guzman, the leader of the Shining Path, um, was captured in Lima at the end of 1992. He would be imprisoned for life and remains there today. And the CIA had apparently. "Quote unquote," provided considerable assistance uh, with the operations used against the communists. Hell yeah! This will take a
0: very dark turn when you learn that a lot of these people weren't communists.
1: Right. Another another common common thing.
0: What common uh? What kind of assistance did they bring? Like, did they bring some of those pallets of like the little eight ounce bottles of water, or like some uh, like energy bars or something? Or?
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Some of that. Some, you know. Guns, helping them
0: move drugs to pay for guns, and then like any kind of like <laughs> snacks or anything like that.
1: Yeah, like, some like ones good, that like, you
0: don't want to eat. <laughs> Georgia peanuts and some really nice no. uh, uh, Texas brisket. No, no, I think it was mostly shit. So just kill. apples from the Green Mountains of Vermont.
1: No, don't think there were too many of those. No. <laughs> Um, yeah, they're not—they're not, uh, not soccer moms <laughs> bringing snacks on, in minivans.
0: <laughs> All right, kids, everybody take an orange slice. Yeah, let's let's lick yeah. these communists. Yeah. So, uh, no, Fuhimori... Billy, don't actually lick them. Yeah, sorry.
1: Uh, so Fujimori would eventually call for new elections for Congress, and while some parties boycotted the election, many left parties did partake however Fujimori's allies and supporters won the majority of the seats and a new constitution was drafted and was narrowly approved in a referendum so General Jaime Salinas would attempt to lead a military coup against Fujimori in 1993 uh, but he failed although some guy just decided to try and get involved mm-hmm. he said it was to try to like depose him and bring back democracy but there's like basically only ever been one left wing military coup and that was the carnation revolution in Portugal mm-hmm. maybe he was who knows so finally, in 1994, Susana Iguchi, uh Fuhimori's wife, publicly denounced his rule and attempted to run against him in the 1995 elections. Uh, she was like, fuck this dude, I'm going to run against him. Uh, uh, although Fuhimori had just, uh, previous to that, passed a law prohibiting immediate relatives of the president from seeking office. And she was barred from entering the race. Uh, so Keiko Fujimori, Alberto's eldest daughter, became the new first lady.
0: Hell yeah, dude. I think, honestly, yeah. it's like every young girl's dream to get her mom fired and take her job. It's sort of like a pseudo-Oedipal complex. Yeah. Where it's just like, you know what? Mom, you don't support dad enough. I'm going to be the first lady now. Yeah. It's um, kind of demented. Yeah, this is pretty demented. Yeah.
1: And speaking of demented... Now, my boy Vladimir Montesinos enters the race, who was named, unbelievably, after Vladimir Ilyich Lenin. Who, this dude's parents were communists, uh, but he was like, "No, uh,
0: uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want your life, Mom and Dad." Yeah.
1: no. Uh, so he becomes Fujimori's head of the secret police, and he began to infiltrate opposition parties with his like teams of you know secret police, and increase his own influence in the military. Well, followed were human rights abuses such as illegal arrests, torture, and extrajudicial killings by death squads, along with rampant bribery of legislators, elected officials, media silencing, and embezzlement of government funds. Now, the crux of American involvement in Latin America, both during and since the Cold War, is the infamous death squads going through the countryside, killing in you know entire villages. They kill. Um, the local peoples, you know, the Native Americans that still live there. And uh, his group was pretty fucking terrible. So the vaunted anti-communist death squad is the vehicle by which the United States would repeatedly and successfully repel any nascent political movement in a country it was determined to not let communism succeed in. By this point, all that was needed were a few thousand deaths as people knew just how far the United States and their anti-communist allies would go to keep their right-wing buddies in power. The worst was in Indonesia in the 1960s when 500,000 to a million people were murdered by death squads and the anti-communist U.S. government with direct age and knowledge from Washington. Rock and roll. Something nobody fucking talks about. Yeah, I, I don't know anything about that. It, uh, I, it is, yep, the U.S. government directly trained the Indonesian right on how to just kill a million people in the country to stop it from turning communist. Cool. And the communists in Indonesia were unarmed. It worked, so. right? It it absolutely worked yeah, and it worked yeah. for another forty five years.
0: Another wing another <laughs> win for Uncle Sam.
1: Yep. Hell yeah, brother. So So among the crimes against humanity <laughs> that occurred under Fujimori's reign was the Barrios Altos massacre, in which fifteen people were killed by a death squad made up of Peruvian armed forces called Grupo Colina. While the intended targets were the Mao Shining Path, the fifteen killed included children and they were all killed extra judiciously. Um Congress was unable to investigate properly as Fujimori's coup would take place shortly after. In the end, it was likely just a party that the death, uh, that the death squad had mistaken for communists. So some people were having like a birthday party. <laughs> I like and they walk in, lined people up on the floor and just melted them.
0: That, uh, I feel like there's a bit there. Not to make light of, <laughs> of the scenario. But like yeah. <laughs> the cops come in and they're like, "We've got strict orders to uh, to destroy the Communist Party in this region," and so they just start breaking up parties that they see. <laughs> and so they're just like, "Oh man!" Although I think the words in Spanish are totally different, like fiesta so and what partito or whatever. Yeah. But <laughs> still, yeah, yeah, the yeah, idea yeah. is funny. Man, Communist Party, huh? And it's just like a little kid's birthday party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like a
1: little kid named Capuano. <laughs> right?
0: Oh, God. All right. Yeah. Anyway. Um,
1: so anyway, uh, <clears throat> you know, so he would run for re-election again in 1995, and he would win easily, garnering, garnering upwards of 60% of the vote, uh, easily defeating the field as he was at the height of his popularity. His next closest opponent was Javier Perez de Cuellar, the former Secretary General of the United Nations, and who contended the vote was tainted. So there had been clashes at this time between Peru and Ecuador at the border, and it really was going on for many years, but especially in 1995. And finally, the two sides agreed on a ceasefire at the border dispute. Uh, at this point, however, Fujimori's popularity began to waver, as his limitations on people's speech, the press, and his constant undermining of authority in other areas of the country led to his nickname becoming "Chinoche," <laughs> a combination of his former Latino with the Chilean dictator Augusto Pinochet. Supposedly Fujimor is fond of this nickname as he was a fan of the murderous Chilean fascist dictator. Cool. Yeah, he loved that shit, dude. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> although I will admit this is pretty funny.
0: Yeah, Chino I mean <laughs> Chinochet rocks. Like that's <laughs> yeah. that's that's a great nickname. Yeah. It playfully combines like fascism and racism. It's racism, yeah. Two of two of, of they my go favorite. Hand hand. They're two of the best isms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and one
1: generally follows the
0: other. Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, at this point, you know, in fact, the country started paying more attention uh, to Fujimori's regime and mainly the criminal enterprise that had come about under Fujimori himself and Vladimir Montesinos, his head of secret police. Uh, this part was really tough to read about. Um, among the other atrocities from earlier, Fujimori had been mass sterilizing indigenous peoples with up to 300,000 women being forced into sterility between 96 and 2000. Jesus Christ. For some of these people he was promising them like goods and services and like supplies for their like dying villages. And then he would say, but you have to get sterilized first and then you know just not following through. Which is, you know, effectively at that point a genocide.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Um, And then, in order to combat uh, cocaine smuggling, Montesinos began shooting down suspicious planes if they did not comply with orders to land. So they're fucking knocking planes out of the air. Uh, And then it came out around the 2000 uh, 2000 election that while Montesinos and Fujimori had claimed to have intercepted an armed shipment from Jordan to the communist rebel group FARC in Colombia it was actually Montesinos that was responsible for the arms to get to FARC and that Jordan had sold them to the Peruvian Armed Forces. So around the same time, video also leaked showing Montesinos bribing members of Congress for Fujimori. Now having lost the the support of the CIA, Montesinos would be arrested and Fujimori would not successfully hold a third term, a position he was already illegally running for as there was a two-term limit. There were elections and runoffs with mass irregularities suspected, but the scandal broke out at the end of all of this. Um, So news had begun to trickle out that Fujimori and Montesinos were laundering money all around, and Switzerland began freezing accounts related to the two, and they were getting, like, tens of millions of dollars, Um, although still to this day there's, like, nearly a billion dollars of unaccounted-for Peruvian government money that was never found. Awesome. Awesome, dude. (laughs) Like... Like they just had fuck. They had like accounts all over like Europe. Sometimes like ten million here, ten million there, ten million. But you know, <laughs> they were never able to like figure out like the exact extent to it, their like criminal enterprise. It is
0: always, always, <laughs> always all about the money for these guys. Yeah, always. I mean, anytime you get somebody who's just like, I'm gonna take power forever yeah they are just doing it i mean that's that's like not a hot take or anything but it's just there's always some like vast hidden sum of money involved yeah just embezzled i don't know anyway
1: dude i mean dude look at the fucking the panama papers that came out yeah a few years ago absolutely it came out that it was proven that literally every single powerful person on earth they were all dodging the same tax codes that they helped write. Every single rich person on earth, yeah. and the only thing that came from it was that the journalists who leak it died in a car bomb, yeah. like a year later, and nobody ever investigated any of it.
0: Yeah, it's just it's because gonna... they're all
1: fucking implicated. And that so
0: so this this takes us to like I think an important running point that we we make, which is that th- there are conspiracies out there. Yes. that are absolutely worth, like, investigating and believing in and being really, really afraid of. Yeah. Just not the ones that, like, get popular. Like, it's okay to get a vaccine, you know? Yeah. It's okay.
1: <laughs> it's both okay to get a vaccine and also Bill Gates is not your fucking yeah, friend. Yeah, no,
0: right. Well, so that's the thing. Like, uh, the, the, the COVID example, right? Like, yeah. I've heard so many people trying to convince me like not to get a vaccine by saying like well the 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 hospitals are fudging the numbers for insurance money and like you know the vaccine manufacturers are all corrupt and I'm like well yeah. yeah. No shit. Yeah, it doesn't mean they're selling a product that doesn't work like yeah. Why not both? Like why can't the the medical the medical care system in this country be totally corrupt and designed to hurt the citizenry and yeah. also have a disease that's serious and bad. Yeah. Like, what vested <laughs> interest would they have in letting us all die? We're worth so much money if we keep... <laughs> if we stay yeah. alive. You know, anyway. You're not gonna uh, you just know. let all your livestock... You know, like, a farmer's not gonna let all of his cows die of plague. It doesn't yeah. mean he likes the cows, and it doesn't mean he's got their best interest at heart. <laughs> yeah. But he's not he's gonna, gonna let gonna them like fucking them die. die. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. And, you know, it's... I, I feel like with a lot of... With, like, a lot of conspiracy theories you know, in for some of them, obviously they're just batshit, but then for some of them it's also like, there's something there. There's a grain it's of truth. Just, it's just a lot of the people, and a lot of the ones that are pumped up because, remember that term I talked about before, a limited hangout. Sure. Oh, uh, the crazy parts of it, it's made to look like the entire thing's crazy, when it's, oh no, you know, you, you know, sometimes you're just missing that class analysis of it. And, you know, it's so funny, like, I'll see even, like, right-wing conspiracy theorists talk about how like evil pharmaceutical companies, like you know Pfizer and stuff like that, where there's like a vested interest, and in I'm creating a vaccine that's just good enough that you need to keep getting boosters because that's really yeah. good for the revenue streams. And that's like totally true. Yeah, but then of they miss the is. point that it's like it's capitalism that's doing this. Right.
0: Right. The reason that that is allowed to continue unchecked is because of the very systems that you've been convinced to support. Right. Like, so you hear like these QAnon conspiracy theorists, and they're like, you can't trust the government. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm with you. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, there's, there's, there's too many like, child rapists and pedophiles in places of power. I'm like, "Cool, awesome." Like, yeah, yep, we've had I'm them as I'm president. I'm liking it so far. I'm <laughs> liking it so far. And they're like, yeah. "Yeah, and it's they've got kids trapped under the pizza place in Washington and and there's mole people under the under the Capitol. And I'm like, "All right. So Well,
1: no. You're losing me." You're
0: right? <laughs> yeah. Like back to the other thing. And then they've moved on and it's all about like the, the great awakening and uh, you know, Jesus yeah. and they start mixing it with all this dumb stuff and it's like, "No, man. Let's let's rewind to like
1: the How part they're... that we've had presidents who were absolutely implicated in child sex trafficking yeah. games. Uh, like know, Bill Clinton. Jeffrey and Epstein's Trump.
0: got some names on that list, man. Yeah. But it's they but never that... want to settle for like the real yeah. It's a, you know what? Because it's not as exciting. Everybody's so yeah. So well, no, well, everybody. I just feel like everybody's programmed to expect yeah. like the the action movie solution to their problems, or like the the the, the reasoning behind things has to be this like exciting, uh, espionage-filled, you know, uh, black ops war behind the scenes between. As like, opposed
1: to just like the man, the mundaneness of evil. Yeah. It's, just, <laughs> yeah, it's just it's
0: just money. Yeah, it's just and money. Also,
1: like yeah, and like the big one too. Like you'll hear these people talk
0: about like crony capitalism.
1: It's like, no, that's just capitalism. Yeah, that's just that's capitalism. That's just how it unfolds. Yeah. It will always unfold like Capitalism
0: how. unchecked will always lead to cronyism because that's just yeah. the way that it works. That's that, why. That is
1: how it works. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, so it's. Oh. I, the, the
0: thing that I love, too, and this will be my last sort of tangential point here, is when yeah. people uh, point to things like. Um, you know, uh, okay, so, like, industry is shutting down due to COVID, right? And mm. people point to it, and they're like, this is what life under socialism would be like. And you're like, no, it's like this is life under right capitalism right now. Like, <laughs> like, we are a capitalist yeah, country, and that's happening right now because yeah, we can't like, get our shit together long enough. If this was a socialist like people, country, everything would have been shut the fuck down, and no one would have gotten like, sick. Everything like, would have been Vietnam. fine.
1: Oh, my favorite one, too, is when people, like, they, t- they show pictures of, like, like where you order like your food yourself at a restaurant or or like self-checkout and like this is what will happen if the minimum wage is fifteen dollars an hour. It's like, that's what it is at seven twenty-five. Right. That's it now, right. you fuck. Like, what are you talking about?
0: And another last thing that I'm super, super upset about is that Adolf Hitler you know, decided to include uh, the word socialist in the name of his party. And, I mean, he admitted to doing that. Yeah, he admitted to doing that. I mean, there's a record. (laughs) He did that just to fucking fool people. And he hated socialists. And nothing about the Nazi party was socialist. But now you say you're a socialist, and these fucking right-wingers are like, Uh. oh, like the Nazis, national socialists. Read a fucking book.
1: Dude, it's like the the people, the second most killed people in the fucking Holocaust. Socialists! They were communists! Unbelievable. It's like, like, like there were 5 million people that weren't Jews that were killed in the Holocaust, and a lot of those were just communists. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, um... Uh, So Mori, at this point, uh, after, you know, uh, realizing that his empire was crumbling, uh, he suddenly appears in Japan uh, because he actually has citizenship there. Mm -hmm. And then he uh, mails in his resignation as president of Peru. That's such a bitch move. I know, dude. Just, like, going out like a fucking bitch, man. And Congress was like, no, the fuck you don't resign. (laughs) Like, no, you don't. Yeah. (laughs) Like, we want your ass here, man. And uh, so a criminal case was opened against him and eventually Interpol issued arrest warrants for Fujimori due to his various crimes against humanity. Uh, he was eventually captured and arrested and sentenced to prison for his multitude of crimes, you know, including the uh, forced sterilizations, the death squads, the imprisonment of journalists, and corruption. Uh, you know, He was sentenced to 25 years in prison. Uh, it was Peruvian law that all the all the uh, sentences are uh, consecutively served. Uh, or, or, sorry, concurrently served, not consecutively. And so he was only sentenced to 25 years, and uh, while the former uh, president, here's one of those other names I really like, Pedro Pablo Kuczynski <laughs> pardoned him. Uh, he was ordered back to prison by the Supreme Court. This was like a few years ago. Yeah. He was ordered back to prison by the Supreme Court of Peru, and the pardon was annulled. Uh, there were some suggestions that it was a little pay-for-play scheme mm. where Pedro Pablo Kuczynski was uh, going to be in his own trouble. Right. And the Forza Popular was like, well, if you pardon uh, Alberto... We might be able to we'll dig up, up some of those lost, lost millions. Yeah, we got
0: a billion somewhere, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so I so, missed yeah. the part here, and I, I don't know if, if – I think we kind of glossed over it. So he shows up in Japan. Yeah. Right? And that's a Maybe. natural move because he probably has Japanese citizenship. Yeah, he does. Yep. And he's fluent in Japanese, and he looks Japanese, and so he's like, I'll just oh, disappear. Well, Japan knows who he is. Yeah. You know? He's just like, whatever. I'll just like be Jap- Japanese now. Yeah. I tried the Peruvian thing. No, let's try Japan. Yeah. But so – and then Peru said, we want you home.
1: Did he just,
0: did they, like, send people to get him? Did Japan extradite him?
1: So, I I believe at the time, uh, you know, so I kind of, like, skipped over this part a bit because it was kind of confusing where I was reading. Um, But it seems like he was skipping around a bit and that, like, Japan didn't want to extradite him at
0: first, I don't think. Yeah. I think Japan is usually pretty reluctant to extradite citizens. It was. But then, like, once... They would extradite someone to us, but Peru, it's like, fuck Peru. I'm not sending somebody to Peru. That's not me saying that, you know. That's... that's, But I believe it
1: was once Interpol got involved. Right. And, you know, like, the entire global community was... I'm, I'm sure the United States was kind of, you know, leaning on them a bit, too. Yeah. And finally, it was just like, you know, that was the end. You know, so he's still alive today. He's fucking old as shit. Um, I watched, like, a recent court thing where he, like, went in there trying to argue for humanitarian reasons to be let go. And mm-hmm. the Supreme Court of Peru was just like, dude, fuck off, man. Um, But, yeah, so anyway, this prick's daughter might be the next president of Peru. Damn, I love it. <laughs> and dude, she is uh, she's a character in her own right.
0: Um, you
1: know, not not to make fun of how somebody looks, but she looks like a fucking goofy idiot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at Alberto right now. Yeah, he's 82. Yeah. He seems like he's he looks pretty healthy though. He looks yeah, like he he's... does. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he's not looking like emaciated or anything yeah. like that. They they're trying to say that he's like in poor health, but like he looked fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he looks good. I'm trying to see Keiko Fujimori. There's a lot of unflattering photographs of her.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah. And she's
0: that's probably this, like, by design.
1: Yeah, she's got like a very doofy smile on her face all the yeah. lot of time. Except she's like a fascist, so, you know, I don't really care. I'll make fun of her. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we don't like that. We don't we don't want we don't want Keiko yeah. to win. Yeah, the other guy sounds like he's kind of a dingbat too. Yeah, he, he's
1: kind of an asshole too. It's so not it's like we've like, got
0: like two great choices in Peru right yeah, it's now. Like, but, it's
1: cool that he's a socialist, but you know he, he's like opposes same sex marriage. Yeah,
0: he's yeah. got some some serious uh, there's some serious kind of humanitarian himself, issues. There. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. He so, even <laughs> opposes like um, like in the case of like incestive rape, he still doesn't believe in abortion. Wow. So it's like yeah, he's he yeah. seems like an asshole too.
0: Yeah, he's 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 an asshole. I don't like so that. I guess, left on so red guess, does not endorse Pedro Castillo. Well, okay. uh, I
1: guess we give him critical support. We give him critical support. Mm. We support him over Keiko, but we will criticize him.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think, I guess.
1: But he doesn't. He doesn't get like a big left on red up.
0: Yeah, we're not gonna. Yeah. S- we're not gonna send him. We're we're,
1: li- we're leaving him on red. The
0: official. <laughs> we, we're not gonna be the official <laughs> podcast yeah. of the uh, what are they called? Peru Libre.
1: Yeah. So well no, the rest of the party isn't like him. He's like specifically socially conservative, where oh. the rest, the rest isn't. So he's even said he was like, I'm at the head of the party, so He's like a Joe he's like I a want. Joe Manchin. Yeah, I mean, but Joe Manchin plays a particular role for Yeah, I
0: know. Joe Manchin the, is the he new plays the part that the Joe new Lieberman Joe Lieberman. To play. Yeah. Yeah. He's the scapegoat. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. anyway, anyway. Yeah. No, oh. I keep taking us off on these wild tangents. Yeah,
1: yeah so for Pedro Castillo, um, we're gonna open the text, but we are leaving him on red. Yes,
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Pedro Castillo has been left on red. Yeah, by left on Yeah,
1: we have opened the text. So. But we've
0: opened it. Yeah. Wow, man, that was awesome. Thanks for, uh, yeah. thanks for that. Yeah, I liked yeah, it. next
1: time I'll get back into history of the Kings of Britain, finish that shit off and then we'll do Bolivia
0: yep and I've got uh, a fun episode planned for next week we're gonna yep. do our first uh, natural history episode talking about cool. aminals cause yep. who doesn't like uh, fluffy Big yeah we're doing <laughs> we're doing an episode on the uh, the history of the Loch Ness Monster no actually yep. that, that'd be cool to do some of that shit sometime but yeah. no we're gonna we're gonna talk about wolves next week wolves in Yellowstone National Park yep all right. Well, uh, yeah. Unless so you've got anything to in. add, yeah.
1: Yeah. No. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you enjoyed it, five star rating. Uh, only five star. Do not give it four. Do not give it three. <laughs> only five star on iTunes. Uh, please tell your friends about us. Um, you know, if, if you have some uh, some pervert friend that you wanna uh, give like a really bad recommend to, tell them to listen to us. hmm Um. Yeah. I think that's about it. Absolutely. FIVA Peru. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. So uh, thanks for tuning in, y'all. Later. Peace.